Hey there, fellow streakers. Today, Jamie and I are going to talk with you about results-only work environment and also inputs over outputs. What is it that makes the input, the streak, so significant to delivering the result? Also, what would we have told ourselves 30 years ago when we first got married? We're going to talk about that and much more as it relates to streaking. So let's get streaking. What is streaking and why should you do it? Streaking is how you set up personal winning streaks. Look at who you want to be and what you need to do to become that person. This is Streaking. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jamie. And we are streakers. Through 30 years of marriage and seven children, we have learned the power of consecutive consistency or streaking. To start streaking is simple. You just follow these three laws. Make it laughably simple, keep a record, and join the streaking community. Streaking is your hidden superpower. With it, you will consistently progress and grow in whatever area of life you want. In this podcast, Jeff and I will share all the fun, exciting, serious, solemn, wonderful parts of family, spiritual, professional, and personal life, and how streaking powers it all. So join us in the conversation, join the movement, and start streaking today. I think I should have done the intro today. Oh, how come? Because I want this podcast to be, I have a lot of questions that I specifically want to ask you. Oh, really? Yeah. And what, what do you mean as far as, because so I know this, we talked a little bit about this, but you have questions just just about. Yes. Yeah, so this is, this is, this podcast is because Jamie has questions for Jeff. And so this is how. Are we going to talk in the third person the whole time? This is how it's, this Jeff is how it started. Jeff will answer Jamie's questions. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how it started. A couple years ago. So I want to give a couple, a little bit of background. Yeah, this is more than a couple. This is almost 12 years ago. Almost 14 years ago. Who can keep track as the years fly by? <laughs> let's be honest. A couple years ago, um, we you read a book. So at the time, you were working um Actually, part of it was you owned, you were a partner in a company that you owned. But one of the partners felt very strongly that the number of hours that you worked was very important and wanted to very strictly keep track of that. Right. And that was something that was just not working for you. That you're like, okay, I completely disagree that my hours as an owner in the company, need to be kept track of. And so it led us on this very journey. Very industrial age. That's what I think yes. of. Anyone that keeps track of hours today is very industrial Well, and it's age. an interesting thing to talk about because I do feel like like COVID has brought the world up to, like there, there were other people that were on the foreground of this thought process in, in terms of not having everything be hourly. And COVID brought everybody up to being much more kind of in the same place right. because we had to, the entire right. world had to adjust. Right. So, so several years ago, we went on this journey, specifically you went on this journey to really understand, okay, I totally am not agreeing with this keeping track of my hours thing <laughs> right. and why. And, right. and a couple things were in play is one, you were in sales. And so... There was a natural accountability there. You either, I mean, if you got your sales, you do you were doing your job. If you didn't get your sales, you weren't doing your job. So I remember you coming home one day and being like, it doesn't matter how many hours I work. If I work 60 hours a week and I'm not bringing any sales in the door, that's the problem. My job's not going to last. My job's not going to last. If I'm working 20 hours a week and I am bringing the sales in, then I'm bringing in what I need to be doing. And so that's what started us on this journey where you read the book about Roe, which is results only work environment. Right. And that was pretty, at the time, I felt like career changing 
in terms of the way that you really were able to focus and explain what I think you felt naturally as a salesperson, but now we're able to have words to say, this is the kind of environment that I need to be able to work in. And not just need to be able to work in, but literally we're like, this is my life. This is sales. My life as a salesperson is a results-only work environment. I get the results or I don't. That's what it comes down to. That's what I. That's why I'm here. Right. And so as I've been thinking about this, the results-only work environment, I wanted to ask you, so now it's been, like you said, 12 years and a lot of opportunities in different careers and a lot of learning as you've progressed. How do you feel now? How does the results-only work environment work with streaking and the streaking environment? How do those, do those, can those two things work together? Are they completely different schools of thought? Like how does that, because you were very much adamant that work should be results only work environment. That's what works. The results are what count. And we talk a lot now with streaking about inputs Mm -hmm. and that the inputs are what matter. And so I wanted to ask you, how do you feel row and streaking work together? Well, Joan, I feel really, really good about... (laughs) That's a little... Anybody that's seen the movie, What About Bob? Which is one of my favorite movies. A little bit of insight there. (laughs) A little bit of insight. What do I feel about it? I'll tell you what I feel. So results-only work environment is for an organization overall. An organization that looks at it and says, we need to get results. That's how they govern their their entire culture is results-only work environment. The inputs or streaking is how I get those results. So they work together very well. It's, as a company, one of the things that we have to do is get results. Now, do we have to have goals? I think that's the thing that's in between results and and streaking Mm -hmm. are, do we need to have goals in order to operate as an organization? Common, out there, everyone thinking, Yes, you absolutely need to have goals because goals are what drive your company forward. And I, I'm of a different opinion. I, and believe me, I've taught goals for a lot of years. Goals are something that I did with the Four Disciplines of Execution with Franklin Covey. And it's, it's great. It helps organizations achieve what they otherwise wouldn't achieve or accomplish something that wouldn't be accomplished without an additional focus, without a treatment that really allows it to move forward. However, in doing that and in considering results-only work environment, a goal sitting between a streak and a result is not necessary. And the reason why I don't think it's necessary is because with your results, or excuse me, with your streaks, putting inputs in, then as Ozan uh, Verrill, he talks about it, one of my favorite quotes Um, that are out there is that he basically says that success is a consequence of your inputs Mm -hmm. rather than success being the goal. Right. That's a whole different way to look at it. And I want you to, can you find that quote exactly? Yeah, I'll read it to you exactly. Mm -hmm. Because I've been looking up a little bit about the results only work environment row and I went to culture IQ. So the results only work environment was um, introduced by Jody Thompson and Callie Ressler. So they were employees um, and they co-created 
the results-only work environment as a human resources management strategy. Uh-huh. And, and basically it was employees are paid for their results, their output, rather than the number of hours worked. And they have on their website, so they created a Culture IQ, I believe is the consulting firm that uh, works with this, um, pros and cons of Roe. And I wanted to just read some of the pros because I thought this was interesting and something that we talked a lot about oh, yeah. when we were in this situation. Why is Roe so beneficial? For starters, this strategy puts the role of working directly into the employee's hands. They become more empowered at their ability to contribute to the greater good, which builds their passion and willingness to strive for greatness in the workplace. As an employee's performance is ultimately their responsibility, they have more of a drive to get things done well and expediently. Furthermore, being able to work on the go from any environment creates a more seamless workplace. This means employees can work from home with success and without their manager looking over their shoulder. This little part I found interesting. It says, for introverts, this is a welcomed relief from the bustle of most business workplaces. I thought that was an interesting little thing that they put in there. For businesses, having employees work from home reduces the amount of office space being utilized, which cuts costs across the board. Again, I think all of us during COVID were forced to look at something that would be more of a results-only work environment because everybody was trying to figure out how to continue to work from home. And what became the only measurement that really could be measured was the results. We could no longer measure necessarily the amount of hours you were working or or what that looked like. And so I do think that COVID really brought this in. But I thought this was really interesting in the sense of the, the, the recognition, I guess, that having this results-only work environment puts the responsibility in the employee's hands, the level of freedom that they have. So now they have much more ability to decide how they want to work. I feel like that's such a huge aspect of streaking as well, that it puts the responsibility back on, that you're taking responsibility for how you want to work. And so I was looking at I'm like, I love that you said that results only is a company thing that you look at it, you're like, okay, this is how as a company we're going to look at it. And then streaking really helps the individual to understand how am I going to get my results? Yeah. No matter what, I do need to have some results. So read your read the quote from Ozan because this really talks about... So Ozan Verrill, the author of Think Like a Rocket Scientist, said this, inputs aren't sexy. The word input might be better reserved for a boring database software. But an input-focused mind is the mark of anyone who has achieved anything extraordinary. The amateur focuses on getting short-term results. The professional plays the long game and prioritizes inputs, perfecting them for years with no immediate payoff. By taking the pressure off the outcome, you get better at your craft. Success becomes a consequence not the goal. So, and just a little bit more on this, this is what I wrote after that. When you are streaking, you are focused on input, on the input and accomplishments, achievements, and successes are consequences. I think that's pretty profound to look at that, that the results become the consequences. Yeah. Well, let's turn this, let's turn this a little bit different. So you, you asked me, so you as a mother, as a full-time mother, I've really never had outside pressure for results. 
Right. You haven't ever had anyone coming in and saying, you need to have results. You haven't been graded, if you will, Mm -hmm. by anyone to get any type of results. Mm -mm. So results only work environment, you're not necessarily graded on that. So what I guess you, you could how do say you do it? I guess you could say in one way that being a mother is the ultimate results only work environment <laughs> in the sense that in the end I mean the result of you know how your children are raised how they grow up feeling about themselves and uh-huh. and what they're able to that's that's the whole And, point and the of reason being I bring mom. it up is because you in order to success being a consequence you've focused mainly on the inputs. I mean, it's really all about the inputs for you. This is reminding me of a quote that I'll probably butcher if I, if, because I don't have it in front of me, but I had it in cross stitch in my bathroom. And it was. Yeah, aren't all good quotes in the bathroom? Yes. Isn't aren't that all where they good are? quotes so are can, in cross stitch and they're in a in bathroom the ba- somewhere. In a bathroom somewhere. So you can ponder over them for quite some time. <laughs> yes. That's where all the deep <laughs> thoughts come. And if I can remember, but it, it said something like, happiness is like a butterfly. If you chase it, you'll never catch it. But if you stand still, it'll lightly land on your shoulder. And I think of that in the sense of looking after, like trying to get these results. If you chase after something so hard, I remember you used to say all the time, if you want something, don't try so hard to get it, which seems counterintuitive, but it's this idea that if your focus is so much on that end result, are you really going to make the decisions that are necessary in order to actually get the end result? Right. Because of exactly what Ozan is saying is that what you have to do to become really good is actually quite boring a lot of the times. You have to become masterful at the ordinary, so to speak. Or the mundane. Or the mundane. Or the everyday. Or the or everyday. You have to be totally okay to work really, really, really hard for a small amount of improvement, the tiniest little bit, because that's what happens when you do something again and again and again to get right. better. Right. And and so it's this idea of recognizing that the result that you want, if you're going after it so hard, you may make short-term decisions that jeopardize a long-term permanent result. So I would say as a mom... You could make some short-term decisions in the sense of if you were looking at it and saying, look, I'm going to put pressure on all of my kids getting straight A's Mm -hmm. across the board. And there are parents and moms who do that. You and I had this conversation very early on and you leaned more toward getting the grade and I leaned toward the side of just not even worrying about it. Now, neither side, I believe, was right. Well, it's interesting <laughs> that that we've come at it from different, like our original reasoning behind that was flawed, but some of the aspects of the of the beliefs I've kept and some of them I've changed. So for me, good grades was an else, was, you know, you live in your lane, you keep the law, you do what they tell you, this is what you do to do things right. Right. And for you, it was, I'm not going to be defined by a grade. I'm more than a grade. And as I've raised raised my children, I've come to recognize a whole bunch of things. But I look at it and I think, I understand that there needs to be some system in place to represent how you've done. But grades, I've also recognized there is a huge level of subjectivity sometimes in them, like 
a teacher can ha- be very subjective in the grade that they give. There have been times that I disagree with assignments that my kids have been asked to do on a principal level that I look at and think, okay, the principal here is more important than the grade. So I'm okay with you not doing good because I'm standing on a principle here. Um, And I think probably a lot of people have run into these same situations. And and so as I, as, and we were talking about this this morning as we looked at it, because one of our children came home this as a freshman, this first year with straight A's, 4-0. This is the first child out of seven. Our first one that has come home as a freshman in high high school. With straight A's. And so we were talking about it and we're like, well, this is interesting because I have gotten to the point that I don't question a lot about their grades anymore. I don't, I used to do that more often, but I don't, I don't ask about their grades as much at all anymore. But we do talk a lot more about what we're reading what what they're learning the inputs the inputs how they you know the the discipline that it takes to do well in something um and so yes focusing on those inputs in this regard has made i look at it and i think okay that's exactly what happened we focused on the inputs this child focused very strictly on doing his assignments yeah, was reading yeah this yeah. bone yeah doing his assignments reading but not for the grade just learning to be disciplined in how to do well, what something. I, what I loved about how you approached it with Bo- Bowen, because Bowen has dyslexia, and mm-hmm. so he worked really hard to learn how to read. And I remember when you said, I want him to enjoy reading, not just feel like it's always work all the time. And so that's when you set the streak of read at least five sentences or a paragraph every day mm-hmm. to Bowen and Chance, which you've had that streak for now how many years? A lot of years. A lot of years as you look that up. Look that up. But yeah, yeah, look it up and see how long you've had it. What what is really impressive is all you've thought about was the streak, the Mm -hmm. input, what you're doing on a daily basis and keeping that streak alive. You haven't thought really at all about how many books that's represented. Mm-mm. So how long how long is this? One thousand eight hundred and twelve days. So one thousand eight hundred twelve days, almost four. What is that? Four years? Yeah, yeah, a little. And over we four did years. have a really neat experience at the beginning of this summer when I had them pull up the. I said, let's pull up, look up fun summer reading books for your age group. And when Bowen, <laughs> this is great, I love this. When Bowen and Chance pulled up the different lists of reading books for their age, which would be tenth grade and going into fifth grade, we had read a lot of those books. And you've read, I mean, with them, well over 20 books. I, I, I mean, it may even be over 30 books. And the I just fun don't know thing the exact is, count, here's but... the, I don't know either. Yeah. I haven't kept track of the number of books that we've read. I could, I could go and look it up because I have kept track of the books that we've read because I like to kind of rate, the, rate them on which ones we liked and right. what they liked. Right, right. But I haven't necessarily... The number of books has not been the priority. Which is a fascinating shift when you think about it, because I've spent so many years looking at the summer as, okay, this is our concentrated time. I want him to be able to read a couple books over the summer. That has changed significantly with the reading streak to now be, we read. That's it. We just read. Some days we read a little bit. A lot of days we read a lot more. I'm totally, I find this is what is really fun about that reading streak specifically 
is on the days when I'm tired or they're tired or or I'm grumpy or whatever, the mood is not conducive, I can read a paragraph and and be fine. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and and I do have days like that where I'm like, I read to you. We're good. Done. Right, Bye. Right. <laughs> but I also recognize that there's a lot of times that I have a desire to be like, guys, come on, we've got time. Let's read. Let's just sit on the couch and read. And or I want to read this to you. And that is so reading has become a natural part of our life, not this pressure thing that I need to make sure my kids do so that they can be successful adults, Mm -hmm. which I think you feel a lot as a young parent because of so much of what they tell you about how reading is important. Right. So very much the success has become a consequence of the inputs. Absolutely. And the inputs have, have been able to be, oh, what is the word I'm trying? How am I trying to say this? They don't have to look the same every day. Right. They just have to happen every day. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's, it. that's a really liberating way to live, that you feel good that you're like, okay, it's happening every day. But it doesn't have to look the same every day. It doesn't have to be amazing every day. And I don't have to feel guilty about the days that it doesn't look amazing because it's okay. Right. What I, what, as we were walking along, what I appreciated is that it's the first time that we've recognized that the inputs that you've put in with Bone and Chance, actually the consequence of straight A's, we just have not even ever thought about that. In fact, when he said it, we were both surprised. Yes. Not because he couldn't get it, but just because we hadn't even talked hadn't, about it or right, thought about it thought or about any it, of those things. But have watched as he's continued to Right. So we didn't put school. any external reward on it. We didn't say, mm-hmm. hey, for every A, you're going to get 10 bucks or some type of monetary reward or some type of prize or anything. We didn't put any focus on the output at all. Mm-hmm. The achievement, the output, no focus. All the focus, every single last piece of it has been on the input. Mm-hmm. And the input focused mind is the one that will be extraordinary. That's what I believe Bowen has learned through time is I've, I've got to put it in. Because I remember during the school year, he would come home and what you and what you two would go through together is what do you need to get done for homework? Mm-hmm. You didn't worry about a grade. You didn't even worry about tests for the most part. I mean, every once in a while, you'd he, he would say, oh, I've got a test coming up. And you guys would do the input of studying. Mm-hmm. What I've seen all along the way, though, is the input of this streak of reading to them, at least one paragraph, I believe is the foundation for his continual growth and learning and also chance. Chance, another one, we haven't even looked at this, considered for gifted and talented. You've been reading to him for his entire life, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I guess he's 10 now. So since he was six, mm-hmm. you started reading then. I think we're just now recognizing and realizing the impact of that input that you've put over time. Which is just what what Ozan was saying is that continued input. So I would say that you're a professional because as a professional, you play the long game and prioritize inputs, perfecting them for years without immediate payoff. Mm -hmm. By taking the pressure off the outcome, you get better at your craft. And that's what I've noticed with me as well. So you you started off asking about a results-only work environment and where I am in my career and my profession. 
I'm totally all focused 100% on inputs, Mm -hmm. on what I do every day, every week in order to accomplish. It's not even accomplish. It's not even in order to accomplish. It's really, I'm just focusing on what I need to do today to be the best I can to get the result. Now, I still think the result is important because if my inputs aren't producing the result, then I need to change my inputs. But I'm not at all focused on it. In other words, I'm not setting a goal that says, this is where I need to be by this particular point in time. And I think that that's completely counter to what culture is for high achieving people. So we had uh, Marcus Ogden on our podcast recently, last week. And he talked a lot about visualization, that you need to know where you're going and visualize. And I've thought a lot about that. And I do agree that the visualization is important of where you want to go. But I also wondered and thought about it and, and thought, would it be beneficial? Let me rephrase this. Sometimes with the visualization with myself, I love thinking about where I want to be end result. Oh, I'm going to. So let's take running a marathon because this recently happened to me. You invited me to run a marathon. And I could visualize myself crossing that finish line and wearing the medal and feeling really proud of myself and kind of bragging about it. What prevented me is that I stopped for a little bit and visualized the amount of training that I would need to do to run that marathon. Right. Sometimes I look at it and think, is it equally as important to visualize doing the training? Visualize that. Visualize myself thinking, okay, I'm going to be doing these long runs. I'm going to be not just the end result because I could get enamored with the glory of the end result and gloss over the reality that that's going to take some work. That is astute. What I, as you've said that, I was thinking about it. And as I'm, so I'm preparing for a marathon right Mm -hmm. now. And as I've been preparing for this, visualizing the long runs that I have right now are critical because if I don't do these, I don't build the confidence necessary to run the full 26.2. Exactly. Which which I think brings me back to, I don't necessarily agree with visual, visualization in the sense, in this sense, it's still looking at the outcome. It's mm-hmm. still looking at the accomplishment. What I would rather say is, the res- uh, look at who I want to become and who I want to be. I want to be physically fit. So what am I going to do on a daily basis to be physically fit? A, a marathon in the middle of that is part of the whole process. It's not something that is a goal. And when I reach that goal, then all of a sudden I've reached the goal the next day, oh, I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. When, in act- when what I do now is I look at it and the marathon is just part of the process. I know that I'm going to be running again the next day um, after the marathon. And the reason why is because I'm no longer hooked to the outcome. The outcome is a consequence. It just, mm-hmm. it just happens. And so that's what I look at in my professional life as well, in both of our professional lives. When we've looked at, at the inputs and really put the focus there, that's where we've started to have success without even realizing it. That's that's truly what has happened to me in the last six years with my profession is I put huge emphasis on the streaks and just keeping the streaks alive. Mm-hmm. How many days in a row can I do it? 
How many days in a row can I read a paragraph in a nonfiction book? How many days in a row can I write at least one sentence? How many days in a row can I uh, study at least one flashcard of development? Those three simple streaks that I've focused on have, have gotten me more achievements, accomplishments, and outputs than any of the output, accomplishment, achievement focus that I've ever had. Hmm. I've also thought a lot recently about using streaks in terms of mental health as Uh well. The ability to be able to use that to keep me in a good mental health place. Like, do I have streaks that things that help me be able to do every day? And I think that's the reason I look at that is because what, how do you measure the result of that? That's one of those things that's difficult to measure. And why? Because it's something that you're always kind of doing Always. Right. You're not able to just be like, okay, mental health, check. Check. (laughs) And that's what I think. So one of the things is, going back to this just really quickly that I have been thinking about um, when it talks about the pros of of Roe, it talks about putting the role of working directly into the employee's hands. They become more empowered at their ability to contribute to the greater good, which builds their passion and willingness to strive for greatness in the workplace. I think streaking fits so perfectly in this because now, again, you're taking the accountability of, okay, you're, you have the accountability to, to bring this result to the table, however you want to do it, it's up to you. Right. And, and one of the things that Marcus Ogden had said that was one of the most powerful things of advice, that, or the most powerful advice that he had received in, in all of his years in playing in the NFL, which I thought this was pretty interesting because he played for a lot of different teams, which means he had a lot of different coaches, which means you have a lot of great people giving you a lot of great advice. Right. I mean, people who have been doing this for a long time. And he said that the advice that he took away the most was that you are the CEO of your own life so to speak. And that's what this is saying is the same thing. It's like we are giving you the power to be the CEO of your own life. What streaking does is give you the actionable things to make that happen. Yes. Yeah. As you're talking, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. A lot of people, you can know what you need to do. In other words, be the CEO of your life, be that person that's making the decisions. However, you don't know how to do that. Exactly. And I think that's where streaking gives you the how. Because what you do is set up that laughably simple activity and you do it every single day. And that floor allows you to then reach for higher heights. Mm -hmm. Which, again, plays right into the results-only work environment. Because results are an output of what I put into the system. The other thing I was thinking as we were talking is that This is all great when you're in a situation that the person that's helping you with the results-only work environment is empowering you to achieve the results. It's a lot different when you're in an environment that you feel that you don't have control. And But I look at it and I thought, okay, so that's where streaking is, again, empowering in the sense of we don't always have control over how things work out with other people. So your situation... Sometimes, sometimes great salespeople who bring in their numbers still get fired for political reasons or True. something happens and, or, you know, there's circumstances that were outside of your control or decisions that were made that had, you had no ability to impact affected your job. Right. 
or taking Bowen's example of, or any student's example of grades, you can put in all of the effort and the teacher can give a test that they pulled out of complete obscurity and you can do terrible on a test that you studied really hard for the class for. Right. Because the test was completely not a really great test, something out of your control. With So then I look at it and I'm like, well, what are the results of those things? The result is that when you have a streak, you are master of that. You are the CEO. You get to keep those results. It doesn't, it's, it's, what did we say? Not agnostic, but. It's, it's either immune to or independent of. I would say independent. Yes. So you get to keep the things that you gained from that experience, the ability to decide what your streaks are going to be, the ability to be consistent, the things that you've learned as you've been consistent, you take that with you to the next job, to the next class, to the next experience. And so you truly are becoming who you want to be independent of your circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Through my mind, I've been thinking also, as we've talked about this and talked about the repetitive nature of a streak and that Ozan Verrill is talking about the idea that the inputs aren't sexy because they're really just every single day. Mm-hmm. The mundane, the ordinary, I'm going to do this, I'm going to read these sentences, I'm going to write this sentence, I'm going to study these cards, I'm going to read this article. Those are the mundane things that I do every day. And you and I were talking a little bit about, well, if it's mundane, is uh, you know, I think your example was, okay, let's say you go without drinking water for a period of time. When you get that water, it is really refreshing. So the input of having water all the time takes away some of the high yes, that comes the high from, you get from that first from, experience. From the experience again of, mm-hmm. of having water again. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about this, we were saying, I, I said to you, go ahead. Well, because the reason I brought this up is I've actually experienced this where I'm doing my streaks consistently. Yeah. And... At first, when I started the streak, what I was doing was exciting. And and I was like, okay, I had a little bit of momentum and excitement about it. Sometimes a year and a half or two years into it, it's not as exciting anymore. It's I look at it and I'm like, well, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. And I was wondering at how do you combat that feeling where you're like, this isn't making a difference anymore. Because the truth of the matter is, anything that you do repeatedly is going to become familiar. So the feeling that you get from doing that thing may not be the high that you had when you first started, because it's not new anymore. It's familiar, it's repetitive, and you're just, you're you're doing it again. Right. And the reason I brought the water up is because I know how refreshing water is when you haven't had it, and it's just... Like you, it's amazing, but it's not a healthy lifestyle to go without water for prolonged periods of time so that when you drink it, you can be like, wow, this is so good. (laughs) It's much more healthy to be hydrated consistently across the board. Right. But it, but water, when you're hydrated, sometimes it can get boring and you feel a little bit like, is there some way I can spice up this water? All I'm doing is drinking the same. Do you know what I mean? That's... I do. And that's where I came back with saying that's why the streak works. Is because the streak, the when you're when you're focused on the drinking of the water, 
that the activity itself, yes, can become mundane. However, when you're focused on how many days in a row that you can actually do that activity, that's where the shine comes back. Mm -hmm. That's where you think, you know what, I've been at this for 2,637 days. Very cool. That's really awesome. I want to keep that streak alive. That's what I see as the refreshing drink. The other thing I think it's a fallacy to think that you can stop doing something, pick it up and actually advance further than you were. Right. Because what I see is life is a slow moving river and you're either going downstream or paddling upstream. Mm-hmm. So if at any, so let's say, and, and the reason why I use a slow moving river is because that's how life is. It's not a rapid, it's not rushes, it's not, Not always. You, know, so you have a lot of times that things are happening and- It's over time. Mm-hmm. Your life is over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. What I see is if you're always paddling on a slow moving river, you can go exactly where you want to go. And let's say you needed to go upstream. Well, paddling all the time is going to get you upstream. But paddling in spurts or in bursts, it's going to keep you pretty much where you are. Mm. You may be a little behind and you may sometimes get a little bit ahead. But as soon as you stop paddling, you're heading back downstream. Mm -hmm. That's why streaking is so critical in in life's race is because you're always, you know, it's just always putting your paddle in the water Mm -hmm. and always moving forward every single day so that then you're not ever going backward and moving back to where you were. So it's a fallacy to think that you can stop doing something for a time and then quickly get back to where you were. Go back to where you were or jump in further ahead like you would have been. You're like, (laughs) oh, I can just jump back in and be right where I was or even maybe a little ahead. I agree with that. It's a fallacy. It is. The other thing I was thinking as we were talking about this is that reading Ozan's quote and thinking about what I was talking about with streaking is that, is this maybe a level of maturity that we get to in the sense that you recognize that you're playing, you're, you're playing a longer game. You're not in it for the, the quick fix, the quick buzz, the quick hit, um, which sometimes, which you get a lot of times when you start something for the first time. That's why falling in love for the first time is so exciting because it's that quick buzz or that quick hit. Why people repeatedly, when they, you know, I've never done this, but I've heard that when you do drugs, the first time is great. And then you spend the rest of the time (laughs) trying to get to that first time. But I do think there's a lot of things that are like that, that the first time is great because it's new and you've never done it before. And all of the newness of it is great. But then after that, it's not ever going to be the same. Right. But there's a level of maturity in recognizing that continuing to do things takes you to the place where you want to be. Right. And so I think about the streak that I was particularly thinking about that I was like, huh, I don't feel that same excitement when I, when I, that I got from the content of the streak. Yeah. But what was interesting as I looked at it, I thought, however, I still have those moments where I do have that spark where something happens because I was doing that streak that I would have not had the opportunity to happen if I hadn't been doing it. And I call that the great convergence. Basically, it converge, there's epiphanies, ideas, or convergence of mm-hmm. things that happen had you not been consistent in consecutive in your activity, you would, have, would never have never come to that convergence. You would have never had that opportunity. Yeah. So a question for you. 
as you, so we now. I always we're, get nervous. Yeah, we're, yes, well, question. we're on 31 years of marriage. Yes. And what would you, if you were to say we could go back and tell our younger selves when we were first having children, what would we tell our younger selves that we know today that we, they should do now? Or, you know, th- then. And basically. I don't know. So I guess a lot of the streaks that I have in place right now are because of what I wanted to have happen in our family. Yeah. And so I would be doing those streaks. But the biggest thing that I think I, I would, would go commu- back and tell our our younger selves to say, start the reading streak yeah, now. Yes, start the reading streak now. Start all of the streaks that I have now. I guess that's what I was saying is that all the streaks I have now, I would have gone back and said, start these now. And a few that I wished I had started even s- sooner. Um, like the, like investing, I yeah. would have been like, yeah, start that now. Do all of those <laughs> things now. Like everyone tells you, you should, yes, do that. The thing that I think I would communicate after I had communicated the specific streaks that I'm like, you should start doing this is, and, and what I communicated already now looking back, I would appreciate that not to feel so much pressure to have to try and do everything right now so fast to get to this place. Yeah. This, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to have the kids doing this and we need to be teaching this. And you just feel this level of pressure that you need to be performing at a certain level and pace all the time to get to where you want to be. I would communicate, set these streaks, do them every day, focus on how long you can keep this streak alive and then just relax. <laughs> I think so. Just let it happen. I would. Let the consequences follow. <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to stress. You don't need to feel pressure. You don't as long as you have looked at these streaks and they are aligned with who you want to be, just do them and let the rest follow cuz yeah. it will. Yeah, had I had had I had what we have now with streaking back when we were very first married. I believe that today we would be in a much more solid, secure position in many different areas. Mm-hmm. I'm really appreciative where we are today, and I appreciate the experiences that I've had to get to today. And I also know that had I had streaking right at the beginning of our marriage, I believe, not even I believe, I know that there would have been a lot of things a lot different. And that's what I would say. So if you're listening to this and you're either starting in your marriage, you're starting in your life, you're just out of college or even in college, I would say start your streaks now. Mm-hmm. Pick out what you want to do, laughably simple. A lot of times we'll say start with a spiritual streak. Start with the streak that is praying at least one time daily, reading scripture at least one time daily. Mm-hmm. And you can also have physical streaks that are uh, the one I love the most is what Talon has is sweat at least one time daily. It mm-hmm. kind of gives you a broad range of what exercises to do. Right. And then change your focus from what you're doing to how many days in a row you could actually make that happen. And I just look back and I think, I, here's here's what would have changed with our life. We may or may not have been in the same position, but here's what absolutely would have changed. This just came to me. It's the swings, the ups mm-hmm. and the downs, the the massive troughs or the high highs mm-hmm. those would have taken that and, pendulum yeah the effect. pendulum back and yes. forth what would have happened is that pendulum swing would have been a lot smaller and i believe we would have had a many more times of wonderful happy success mm-hmm. so that 
it just it, it it's and not think, just a flash in the pan sometimes, and then it's uh, uh, the drudges of society, and we're trying to figure it out. And and I completely agree. And and as you said, we would have happy and six. I think we would have had more peace in those moments. Yes, a little a bit less <laughs> volatility or stress, or because we would have been feeling like we're doing these things. Yeah, like our streak, for example, of file at least one transaction daily or look at our budget at least one time daily. Mm-hmm. Had we started that when we were very first married, married, I know that there's four specific instances that we would have completely avoided. I agree. Because I got all caught up in the first salary that we were making and spent way more than what it was. But because I was it was so, so much, much at the time. <laughs> exactly. It seemed it was like, like it was three times But what who we were knew you could college. spend it all? <laughs> And had had I had the streak of look at your budget at least one time daily so that I could see where the money was coming from and what it was going to, I we would have avoided all of that. I think we would have avoided a lot of fights that we had over finances. And I just read somebody posted in the streaking app that they have that streak to look at their budget every day. And they just moved. And he said, I would, we spent more than we expected on the move. And I would have been scared to look at it and would have avoided it. But because of my streak, I'm able to just look and be like, yep, I know where we're at. I know where we are. So the ability to deal in reality rather than to yeah. be scared and to, that's that pendulum swing where you're like, okay, that would have mm-hmm. been smaller. So as we, as we circle back around, starting out with, you asked me about results only work environment. I think that our lives are results only and that what we need to do is not put our emphasis on goals, on what success I'm going to have, but put our emphasis on the inputs mm-hmm. and choosing the inputs that are ultimately destined to who I want to be. And when I put massive amounts of focus, energy on my inputs, then success will follow. I like what you said, where you said, leading that it's leading to where I want to be who I want to be so when you're looking if you were going to look at the results a time that you want to focus on the results it would be in asking yourself who do I want to be where do I want to go who what's the kind of person I want to become that is a definite time to stop and look and say what do I want the result to be here and then once you've figured that out then don't look at it anymore and focus on the inputs just religiously, consistently, consecutively, streakingly focus <laughs> on those inputs and then let that consequence be, the, the result will be, the consequence will be, you'll end up where you, where you want it to be. The consequence will be success yeah. and achievement. Well, Streakers, we've had a great time talking with you today. We just have a question for you. Um, well, an ask, really. We have an ask for you. This is our 215th podcast that we've had. We've been doing these for quite some time. Okay. And we've appreciated all of you who listen and give us feedback on a regular basis. Thank you. Would you mind doing a favor for us? Just one thing that we'd ask for you to do, and that is share this podcast with a friend who you think might benefit and subscribe. If you wouldn't mind just sharing with a friend, just one friend, and subscribe. Now, if you look at that and say, oh, I'm really not comfortable sharing it with a friend, Or if you wouldn't mind subscribing, we'd appreciate that if you haven't already. The other thing that we'd ask then is if you wouldn't mind going on and leaving a review. And whatever the review is, just leave it 
you can just do the stars or you can put in a little bit of why you like the show. If you would do that, we would really appreciate it. Jamie and I are going to continue these conversations. We really enjoy the opportunity to look at how streaking applies to life as we talk about in the introduction in any form of life, be that our spiritual, our professional, our personal, or our physical lives, how streaking comes together. So if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment and either posting this podcast out and inviting people to listen to it, give us a rating and leave us a little bit of a review, we'd really appreciate it. Yes, we would. Thank you. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what to say after that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a good ask. I like that. I, I, it, it's just one of those things. We, we'd appreciate it. And we love telling the story. And I think that more people that hear the streaking story and understand how to streak, mm-hmm. it will just benefit their life as it has our lives. I agree. It's, there's so many things that it's helped me with. Yeah that I would love to have other people have that same experience. Absolutely. So um, if you have any questions for us or would like for us to speak about a specific topic, something that you're interested in and would like to hear how we would apply streaking to it, give us an email. You can email me, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y at streakingmastery.com or Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. You can also follow us on the streaking app. We've listed all of our streaks, so they're all public. And you can see each one of our streaks, what length they're at. And we comment on those streaks or post about those streaks from time to time. And so you can see those. More importantly, you can see all the other streakers that are out there and how they are using streaking in their lives and what they're commenting on. And one of the areas that I really like most is that we get to comment back and really give people encouragement and celebration on what it is that they've that they've done. So download the streaking app, follow Jamie or me or whatever streaker you'd like and watch as they have success in their lives. Well, thanks again, everyone. Until we talk again. Keep streaking. <laughs> <laughs>